You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Your Bible's there in Daniel chapter 2. This auditorium is an amazing building. It's a 3,000-seat auditorium. And when we built it several years ago, there are 28 doors in this room to get into this building. You don't have to come in through the back door. You can come in through this uh, front door, I have this front door, your back door, whatever way you want to call front or back. You can go in the side door. You can go in the balcony door. There's so many ways into this building. You can get into this building from the other building, from dormitories through the academic building to the second floor, down an elevator into here. There's so many ways into this building. The same is true with prayer. God gives us many different venues, many different avenues to try to get our prayers answered. For example, uh, there's one way called fasting that is doing without food. Now, the Jewish fast is from sun up to sun down. There could be a 24-hour fast. There could be a full-day fast. Uh, there could be a meal fast. I'm not going to eat breakfast. And it's just not eating breakfast. Instead of that time I'd use eating the breakfast, I'm going to give myself to prayer. Mark chapter 8 says this kind, the miraculous kind. You see, the disciples could not heal the man. And God says, you want this, this kind cometh about only by prayer and fasting. Fasting is denying yourself. I have not done this. I know some preachers that have fasted, like in the Bible, Jesus fasted 40 days. I think it's very dangerous. I think it's appropriate. I think you ought to make sure the doctor knows about it. You have to have liquid, of course. Cannot do without water. But you might fast. And, and I've made it a habit my entire ministry to fast. Uh, I, I, it's very important. I've not had a long 40 days, but I've had a long period of time at a couple occasions. And every week I try to fast some degree because I believe that's a, a way to get answers to prayer. Another way, if I'm getting this auditorium, okay, I tried that door and it's locked. I can't get in. So I'm going to go up to this door. Uh, that could be church prayer. Where in the Bible, the church assembled together, Acts chapter 12, Peter was in jail. And the Bible says, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church on his behalf. They prayed for Peter. And he came knocking at the door when God released him out of the jail by an angel that night. The, the prison doors opened up and he's knocking at the door. And a little maid, Rhoda, came and she got so excited. She said, they, they said, Peter's at the door. We've been praying for this. And they said, you're mad. You're crazy. You know, sometimes we pray and uh, we're praying without faith. But God answered that church prayer. We have a church prayer page. I wish God's people would use it. I thank God for the ministry. There are hundreds of requests. But I think we ought to pray. There's so many on there. Uh, my brother has cancer. My sister has cancer. My mother has cancer. 
we have MS in our family or we have dialysis going on in our family. There's nothing wrong with praying for health needs and salvation needs of people and a job need or whatever it might be. All the missionaries, a hundred some missionaries plus the fields where we're represented are listed there. We might take that and pray for missionaries. The first request says pray for Pastor and Mrs. Treber and we appreciate your prayers. There's church prayer. There's fasting prayer. There's individual prayers where by yourself you get alone with God. There's sacred prayers where it's in the garden by yourself. There's a place where you go. I have many spots like that in the Silicon Valley. Cemeteries where I've laid to rest many of your loved ones are a sacred place where I walk and it's very peaceful, very quiet. And, and, and I walk and I pray and I talk to God during those occasions. The salt flats out here are an occasion like that where I go out there and I ride a bicycle, not for exercise, just to get alone and away, and you can scream and talk out loud. Nobody would ever hear you. I get in my car. I'll travel to meetings and I'll drive my car and I get alone. I always, some say, well, why don't you take some with me? I like to be alone. In the late hour this week, if I'm in a car, I can drive uh, coming home back from a meeting and just pray and speak to God and, and enjoy fellowship with God. There's early morning prayer. Jesus rising great while before day. There's all night prayer in the Bible. There's on the mountain prayer in the Bible. There's various types of prayers in the Bible. There's couples prayers. There's sorrowful prayers. But if you have a request that is so vital upon your life, I would try every door possible. We got to prayer meeting last night. I just thought about this. Down below here is an auditorium. Got to prayer meeting, and I don't have my keys. And fellows are standing out here. I said, anybody got a key to the building? No one had a key. But I knew a way in. It wasn't any of these doors. I knew another way in. And I walked to another building and walked through that building and over here and through the second floor and this way, and I got in the building. There's always a way to get in. And there's a way that God, prayer is asking God, it's begging God, it's, it's asking God, will you intervene? I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I wonder if you have a prodigal son or daughter in some cases, and I talk to so many people, they haven't talked to their, their son or their daughter in years. Had a lady recently said, I don't even know she's alive. She walked out several years ago, and I haven't heard from her. I wonder where she is. She goes, I pray every day, every night for her. Well, just keep on praying till light breaks through. Tonight I call it, today I call it corporate prayer. I believe in corporate prayer. Corporate prayer, that is, unity prayer are more than one person praying on the same subject. I, I have a hard, difficult time with this because believe it or not, I'm a private individual. If I had a real discouragement going on in my heart, I would not want to go to my wife. I would not want to let her know I'm discouraged. She can read it. I try not to let her see it, but I wouldn't want to put that pressure on her. I feel like there's hardly anyone I could tell that to. But everybody in the Bible that I find, they got moments of discouragement, overwhelmed with sorrow and disappointment and grief, betrayal. I'm very, very cautious to ask someone to pray with me. I'd be very cautious to ask a preacher to pray with me about something. 
I'm glad I've kept many secret prayers alone away from preachers because sometimes those preachers 10 years later are not even in the ministry. And if I'd have borne my heart, shared my heart, I think it would have been a betrayal if they know something that is so sacred that uh, one guy said to me, I'll I'll, Brother Treber, I'll take this to the grave. It, it, you'll never hear it out of my mouth. I'll take it to my grave. Well, that lasted a couple months. I think if someone asks you to pray with you about a subject, you don't need to know all the gory details. Sometimes we like to be a prayer partner with someone so we can draw out all the information and have all the knowledge so you know, we know what's going on and where they went wrong. I think if someone asks you to pray, it's a sacred thing. You bring it to God and leave it alone. I think of a preacher I recently counseled with. I've not told a person about it, and I never will. I think of some things that preachers have told me, and I'm not talking about corruption and sin, but hurt and wrong things that have happened. I, I, I've known it for years. I'll, I'll go to my grave. No one will ever know about it. They told me things in confidence. You can drag me into a courtroom and say, we want you to, I'm not talking about breaking the law. I'm not talking about anything like that. But if someone has a spiritual sacred prayer request, it's not my job to fan it to the world. Corporate prayer. What kind of corporate prayer? Well, here is the first prayer that we see. I call it companion prayers. Here in the Bible, in Daniel chapter 2, David went, Daniel went in and desired the king that he would give him, more, give him time. What was going on? Nebuchadnezzar dreamed a dream. He dreamed a dream and he said, I woke up, I was troubled. But the dream, it, it, it left me. I can't remember what it was. He gathered all of his wise men and magicians, he said, together. And he said, Tell me the dream. They said, we'll tell you the interpretation, but you've got to tell us the dream. He says, that's the thing. I don't know the dream. It just troubled me. You must tell me what I dream. They said, no man can do that. The king ordered him to kill them all. And as a man that stepped in, Daniel, he said, no, he was a boy that was taken from his home and put into exile. And the king had him as one of his brilliant men, and he said, don't kill him. He said, give me some time. And at this moment when the king said, you can have some time, Daniel went to his companions. They were named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they gathered together, and the Bible says, verse 18, here's prayer. They, de they, they would desire the mercies of God of heaven concerning the secret. The four of them got together. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, the Benigo said, oh God, he needs to know what he dreamed. We don't know what he dreamed. No man knows, but God, you almighty know because you know our thoughts. Would you reveal it to us? They prayed. What a joy it is to have the confidence in asking someone to pray with us. For the sake of time, I'll just mentioned chapter 18 of the book of Matthew. Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20. If any two or three of you agree together as touching anything, it shall be done unto them. 
The word agree is a very powerful word. If any two or three of you agree, that agree is a word that deals with the fact of sympathize, our symphony, a harmony. And if you, man, sir, have a, another friend and that, you go to that friend and say, will you empathize, will we agree together about praying for this? That is where two or three are gathered together in my name. That's why on Saturday nights, man, we have prayers by two. We were together corporately last night. Then after that, we divide it by twos. Why is that? Because two or three agreeing together. We pray for the service here. We pray for the singing and the music and the choir and the orchestra. We pray for the safety of the buses. We pray that bus kids would come. You're an answer to prayer. Many times we come to this auditorium, there have been times when we take all these pews and we pray over these pews. And we pray that someone's going to be sitting here tomorrow morning. God, whatever their need is, may it be met by God Almighty. Someone's prayed over where you're seated today. I like to come to this auditorium and there's an emergency light on. There's always a light on that cross right there that's illuminated. And I can make my way through this auditorium, though it's dark. And I can pray any time of the week. I walk through here and say, oh God, will you please do something special? I love coming to this place and kneeling right here. I love to come to this place and kneel right there. But I love to pray with people at times as well. Corporate prayer. That is getting your companions and we agree together. We sympathize together. How can you not break when you have a man that says, my wife walked out. A man or a lady or a couple says, our kids walked out. My son's in jail. A family said, our boy, he just did something. And it's three strikes. It looks like we'll never see him again on the other side of prison. May I say to you tonight, two or three agreeing together, sympathize, agonize, hurt. I do the same thing. If you can go back, I didn't think about this, but if you look online this morning while we're singing the first few songs, I'm singing like this. And I'm singing that song, Like a River Glorious State Upon Jehovah. And I'm going through the auditorium. And I'm looking where people should be sitting, and they're not seated, they're not here. And sometimes I go through the alphabet, and I'm looking for people that are not here. And I'm thinking, Lord, they're sick. They have a son or a daughter that's sick. They're out of town. They're on a business trip. They're away from God. They're not in church where they could be in church. I don't know what the need is. But before the night is over, I'll make a list both morning and night of those that are missing. The shepherd really needs to know where sheep are. And nowadays it's so easy because we have cell phones. You can just text. Sick today, I won't make it. A shepherd needs to know that. Just like a mother doesn't go to bed with the kids out. Where are they? I have no idea. Maybe they'll come home tonight. No, there's a sympathy. There's a concern. Here we have a concern. Turn with me in the book of First Peter, if you will. And so I find companion prayers. Everyone ought to have some people you can turn to and say, will you pray with me? Will you pray with me? Here's a need I have in my life. But if someone shares with you a need, out of respect, please don't tell anybody what that need was. Out of respect to another person, 
Well, you know what his wife did? You know what her husband did? You know what their kids did? That's not respect. That's being a busybody. That's being a gossip. I would hope that people could say, I feel confidence in sharing a prayer request with pastor. I hope you'd feel confident to write a note and give it to me at the door and say, will you pray about this need this week? We're going to court this week. Will you pray? And the staff, on my staff, they know as we gather for staff meeting, we gather for prayer in the mornings as they all come to work. I'll many times say there's a need here. I won't read the name. I won't try to insinuate who it is, but we have a family that has a great need. They're going to be in the courts this week. Would you pray for this need? And staff members here, you know that's what takes place. There's companion prayers. There's couples prayers. Notice what the Bible says in 1 Peter in chapter uh, number 3. Verse 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel, being heirs together the grace of life. Here it is. That your prayers be not hindered. You know, one of the most sad, tragic experiences that we're seeing in America right now as Christians, where husbands and wives, they share the same house, they share the same table, they share the same refrigerator. They share the same bedroom and the same bed. But they don't pray together. And I would challenge husbands and wives to use this altar today and commit yourself to the fact we are going to every day close the day by the grace of God praying together. If you have children Oh my goodness, you have children. Whether they're living for God or not, if you have children, they need your prayers. And as your kids leave your home, they're still your children. We need to pray for their health. We need to pray for their strength. We need to pray for their marriage. We need to pray for their morality. We need to pray for their spiritual lives. We need to pray for their walk with God. If you have children, you may have grandchildren pray for their safety. On a few occasions, the last three years since we've lost nine of our grandkids that moved away and their dads have both become pastors in Arizona and in California. There was a call that says there's just an accident. On the Los Angeles freeways, the girls' volleyball team, they're all going to the hospital and your granddaughter's one of those kids. I tell you what, we, I, I, I remember we, were, we were at a store or something together. We stopped right there. I think we were at Lowe's. I believe that's what I'm going to state. We stopped right there and in the aisle had prayer. That's our granddaughter. There's been an emergency room a couple times. We prayed for those needs and we prayed for them at night. And perhaps, I don't know, maybe we're preventing a need. Maybe we're preventing a, a break-in into their home. But I know this, that if you have children and grandchildren, we, we have 13, four of them still are not yet saved. They're little, they're young, they don't know, understand the salvation message of Christ. 
but those names come daily before the throne of grace. And even again today, I said, Lord, they'll be as four little grandkids unsaved in a Sunday school room, but I pray that you continue to illumine their mind to understand they must be born again when they can understand it. Put some more seed in their heart today. I prayed for their Sunday school teachers this morning. I want their Sunday school teachers to be filled with God and teach the word of God. You know, grandchildren, we need to pray that they choose the right friends because you show me your friends, I'll show you your destiny. I'll show you your future. Some of you men are hanging around the wrong friend. You're married, you're an adult, but you're around the wrong friend and, and he's a blasphemer and he's a godless person and he's, he's against his wife and against, and you're, if you're not careful, you're gonna do the same thing and vice versa, ladies. Some of you ladies are hanging around, ladies that are gossips troublemakers, anti-men. And if you're not careful, it's going to destroy your marriage. And so here's a couple praying together. Here's companions praying together. And then I already mentioned it. But we'd go if we had time to Acts chapter 13, chapter 12, church prayer. Church prayer. It's all what I call corporate prayer. Companions praying together. I love it when I come in here before a service. At times, I'll see people just turn toward one another with their heads bowed praying. That's called companions praying together. We have college students in our college, and they have roommates. I can think of so many nights when I was in college where the roommates, we gathered together, we had prayer. I did not know this lady, and she passed away. But I recall when my wife's Church called in so many years ago and said, we have a lady that's dying with cancer, a pastor's wife. It's 48 plus years ago. We took other prayer requests. I, I, I don't know why that wouldn't move me. I can remember not only gathering in my room, but gathering at a two-story house we were living in. I gathered all the men together several nights. I said, I don't know. I don't know the church. I don't know the pastor's wife. I've been at the church one time. I don't know, but I'm just burdened. They got eight kids. The pastor's wife at age 45 is dying with cancer. That lady, had she lived, would have been my mother-in-law. He said, well, God didn't answer your prayer. I don't know if he did or not. They have eight kids that are all in church today, grown kids and their mates. I get to pastor the two girls and the two, the six boys are all in church and three of the boys are pastors today. I don't know, I don't know how God answered. He didn't answer it the way I was asking. But my ways are not God's ways. God's ways are perfect. Maybe, maybe the sorrow, that family became so close-knit Maybe the sorrow of that mother going to home to be with the Lord, maybe she kept that family. I don't know. But one day he'll make it plain to me. One day from sin I shall be free. One day, I, one day I'm going to find out. I'm not going to debate God. God is sovereign. I do not know why I put so much prayer in the, in the praying for bus lots. And we've had bus lots all over this region for 43 years, and some lasted 15 years, and some lasted 10, and some lasted weeks. 
and we can't find a place to park those buses. And this parking lot is impacted seven days a week. There's out of, we're out of parking every day with our college students and our staff and the people coming and going. It's packed. We don't have a parking lot. I don't know why God just doesn't give us five acres. And I don't know why God doesn't give us a bus garage over there. But God's way is perfect. I prayed for 31 years. Oh, dear God, please give us a 15-minute radio broadcast and it never happened. And on the 31st year, 12 years ago, God gave us a program called Revival Time. It now airs on over 100 stations. Almost all of those stations are free, not all but many of them. And it airs in all the major cities. We just picked up 10 million more potential listeners in major metropolitan areas. And it's on the internet. And it's on, it's on so all around the world it's heard. And it's on the short wave. But it took 31 years. I don't know why God tarried for 31 years. But he did. Because his way is perfect. And he is sovereign. I wonder who, 1941, December 7th, when those bombs were dropped over Pearl Harbor, the Japanese destroyed our fleet. The pilots flew planes right into the, into the, it was awful. But I wonder who prayed after 41 that Japan would get the gospel because MacArthur cried out, said, Japan needs missionaries and Korea needs missionaries. And many went to Korea, particularly the Presbyterians, and that's why if you find a church over there, now they're Baptist churches now, but it didn't happen after World War, it didn't happen after the Korean conflict. It happened because the Presbyterians at that time. They answered the call. They decided to serve God. But I wonder who prayed that Japan, Brother, Brother Bertram, you served in Japan for so many years as a missionary. As an American, he didn't have to worry or threats because the Japan and, and, and Japanese people love Americans and Americans love the Jap uh, Japanese. And I said, well, they, they, they killed our boys. I, I, I know. And we were in battle, worldwide battle at that time too, but somehow I wonder if there was a little sweet lady Praying, oh God, unite these two countries that are odds right now. I wonder if there was a church in America or in Japan saying, God, unite our countries. But here, years later, I'll never forget, Jessica, when I was on your husband's ship, and that, brother, uh, uh, that, that ship from Japan came in just side by side, waving the American flag, waving the Japanese flag, going out to do military exercises again. God answered somebody's prayer. You can't tell me some Christian wasn't praying that God would send the gospel to Japan or God would unite these countries that are so hard toward one another right now. We had the internment camps, very awful time. But I don't look at a Chinese or a Japanese and neither do you today and say, I remember Pearl Harbor, what you did to us. But God changed the hearts. In this country right now, it's such a God could change the hearts. I was in prayer quite a bit yesterday and asking God, would you just blow a revival over the churches in America tomorrow, which is today?
with God's people. God's people. God's people. And then as a result of the revival of God's people, can we take it out to the world? One of our men this week showed me on his phone a text from a co-worker. The co-worker is a big guy, former bark, biker, big, strong arms, huge. He said he'll weep, but he said every day, every day he'll send us all. He got saved, and he'll send us a message for the day, always on the Bible. I think he said he was your boss. Every day in that large company, a message from the Word of God and the responsibility of the employees. He'll go into a, a co-worker, and the co-worker said, I'm having some trouble. He says, are you a Christian? He'll witness to him right there. He's bold for God. This church member of ours said, it's after four, almost 40 years in the company, it is so pleasant to go to work with another Christian that's bold for Christ. Bold for Christ. And that person just may be responsible with this church member that's been sowing the seed for so many years of changing that company. God can answer prayer. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. What prayers do you have that need to be answered? Have you tried corporate prayer? That is prayer with another companion that you love and concern? Have you tried church prayer? Have you tried couples prayer? Our Father, I thank you for the prayer of faith to save people. And I pray that today that people would come to know Christ as personal Savior. In addition, I pray that every Christian would desire to become a prayer warrior. We're good at Facebook. We're good at talking. We're good at always finding fault. But the average Christian is poor at prayer. The average couple does not pray together. What a tragedy. May it change. May it change today. May it change right now. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Couples, I'm talking to you. Are you praying together? You say, well, if they come forward, the people know we're not praying together. No, maybe you want to intensify your prayer life together. But couples ought to be, every couple should be able to raise their hand, we're praying together. And if not, make this day, the last Sunday in October of 2018, make it the day, husband, wife, you can talk to one another, say, let's, let's go forward. Let's get, let's get this thing settled. Let's pray together. Let's start right now. Well, we've been married 40 years. We've been married 50 years. We've been married 30. I know, start. Start in the journey together, praying together. You ought to have a friend that you can pray with. You got to have some prayer warriors that you can share a request and say, pray with me. You ought to have the church praying for some things. Let's stay to stand together, please, with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Our Father, as we stand in this auditorium, I pray that it be one motion where people begin to walk forward and say, we're going to pray. We're going to have corporate prayer. Teenagers praying together. College students praying with one another. Roommates, friends relatives, brothers, sisters, praying together, couples. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you come to Christ?
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.